0: appreciated Kurt's prayer it is indeed Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day was originally known as Decoration Day and it came into existence in the years following the American Civil War. It was a day that was set aside to commemorate, to honor, to memorialize men and women who died serving in the US military. All over our country there are many, many memorials to help us never forget those who have fallen and given the ultimate sacrifice in order to both obtain as well as to maintain our freedom. There is the Bunker Hill Monument in Boston, Massachusetts. There's the Pearl Harbor Memorial in Hawaii. There's the Vietnam War Memorial in Washington, D.C. There's the Iwo Jima, the United States Marine Corps Memorial in Arlington, Virginia. And of course, as of beginning of this century, Ground Zero National September 11th Memorial in New York City. There's so many memorials, and as I mentioned, some of those memorials that are around commemorating those who have lost their lives, some of you probably have thought of being at some of those I mentioned, perhaps some of those I had not. We must always be made to remember the cost of our freedom. We must remember our past and where we came from. Because as the old saying goes, those who do not learn from the mistakes of the past are doomed to repeat them. Or perhaps as the title of this morning's lesson similarly states, when one forgets where they came from, they often forfeit where they were going. This is true in the history of the Bible, biblical history as well. Please turn with me this morning, the book of Exodus, chapter 12. Memorials are throughout, especially the Old Testament. The reason that the Old Testament Israelite Passover was instituted was as a memorial. It was instituted as a memorial, so that the people would remember that the Lord had delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage. How God had delivered them with a mighty hand, so mighty, in fact, that they were going to have to leave quickly. This Passover was a memorial. Follow along, if you would, in your Bibles and notice how God stresses the intricacies of this memorial. Exodus chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now verse 3 of Exodus 12 speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of the month every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for household. If the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now, you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil it at all with water, or roast it in fire. Its head, its legs, and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what. Remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire, and thus you shall eat, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I'll strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now, The blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. The plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14, so this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Be a day of memorial. Be a day to remember how God had set them free. If we were to look over in chapter 13, and I would ask that you would and begin following along in verse 3. Where Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, Exodus 13, 3. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. Eleven bright shall be eaten, and on this day you are going out in the month of Eve. It shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hibbites, the Amorites, The Hivites, the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there will be a feast of the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread will be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you'll tell your son, see here's where the memorial comes in. You shall tell your son in that day, saying. This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth, for with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. Please notice with me in verse 9. It will be as a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. What does that mean? He said, the reason I want you to keep this Memorial Day is so that you will always remember me, what I've done, and you will remember to keep my law. If you remember where you came from, you will remember where you are going. You will remember whose you are. You will remember my law. Did you know that this reminder from God was also the first thing he caused them to recall to mind? when he gave them the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 2? It was the first thing that he called to their mind, how he led them out. You know why? They had to remember who they were dealing with, what he had done for them, and hence why they needed to love and obey and follow him in his word. They needed to remember where they came from. Time and again in the Old Testament, God encourages them to remember where they came from in order to not forfeit where they were going. Listen to just a few select verses from the book of Leviticus. Remember how he keeps taking them back to what he did. You'd think they would have gotten it after a while. In Leviticus 11.45, he says, I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. The reason he brought him out was so he could be their God. He said, you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. In Leviticus 19, 36 and 7, he said, you shall have honest scales, honest weights, an honest ephah, an honest end. In other words, he wanted them to be fair and honest in their dealings with one another. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe my commandments and judgments and perform them. I am the Lord. The only way that they were going to continue to honor him as God was to remember his great power and his great strength, to remember what he had brought them out of in order for them to keep heading in the right direction with God. Time and again. Other places, Leviticus 22, 31 through 33. Another one I want you to actually turn to besides that, though, is Leviticus 23. Why so many verses? We get the point. That's good. They apparently didn't. Leviticus, chapter 23, beginning, verse 39. Also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. Here's another memorial. Another remember. On the first day, there should be a Sabbath rest. And on the eighth day, a Sabbath rest. And he wanted it between the two Sabbaths. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, the willows of the brook. And you'll rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. He said, oh, it's going to be this incredible celebration. I want you to take all of these things, and I want you to see the beauty, and I want you to celebrate what you've got for seven days. And you shall, verse 41, keep it as a feast of the Lord for seven days in the year. It'll be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You'll dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites will dwell in booths that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths booths, when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. Again and again and again, God institutes all of these things. He said, I want you to remember. If you don't remember where I brought you out of, you're not going to get where you intended to go you're not going to get the blessings that i want to give you you've got to remember where you came from one other one if i may in numbers 15 would you turn there please celebrations memorials to remember what god had done numbers 15 beginning in verse 37 And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations, to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassel, that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, and that you may not follow the harlotry of which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined, that you may remember do all my commandments and be holy to the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. God said, the whole reason I brought you out of there, I want to be your God. I want you with me. I want you to remember what I've done for you. I want you to remember what I've said to you. I want you to (laughs) love me and follow me. But you're not going to love and appreciate follow me enough if you don't remember what I did for you. Do you know why God gave them the Sabbath? Turn to me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 5. You know, there are some folks today in our world still that want to keep the Sabbath, Saturday, the seventh day. But God instituted the Sabbath day. The seventh day is a memorial only for the Jews, only for the Israelites under the old covenant. And you know why he did it? Because he wanted a day for them to look back and remember this very same thing. It was a memorial that they would remember that he brought them out of the land of Egypt. In the Ten Commandments here in Deuteronomy chapter 5. We could read 12 through 15, but we'll only read verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. We were not one of those who can trace our roots back to those who were led out of Egypt then the Sabbath, the seventh day, does not apply to us. God goes on in his word. Tell his people, don't forget. We must never forget. Don't forget. Please don't forget. If you forget, you're going to fall. Deuteronomy chapter 6, look at verses 10 through 12. Moses warning the people, so it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you charge, large, and beautiful cities, which you didn't build, houses full of good things, which you didn't fill, you know wells, which you didn't dig, vineyards and olive trees, which you didn't plant, when you have eaten and are full, then beware, lest you forget. The Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and house of bondage. How many Christians, how many people have come to Christ when they've been in a difficult spot, life was tough, they come to the Lord and they get through it and he blesses them and he blesses them and he blesses them and all of a sudden they're no longer in the worship assembly, they're no longer studying, they have gone away. This is what happened with these folks in effect. They forgot what God had done for them. He said that's what's going to happen. Look in the same chapter in verses 20 through 25. God says through Moses, or Moses says as he's inspired by God, Deuteronomy 6.20, when your son asks you in time to come, say, what's the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, in Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household." And he brought us out from there that he might bring us to this land of which he swore to our fathers. The Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. It will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments. Tell your children why you do what you do. Tell your children about the great and mighty works of God. That's his point, so that they never forget. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you turn there, few key points here in verses 11 through 20. Look at verse 11. Be aware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. This is key. If we don't keep God's commandments, he says that's the same thing as forgetting God. Forgetting God is when we fail to keep his commandments. And it's pretty easy to see why, because if you remember what God has delivered you from and who God is and how powerful God is and how much God has blessed you, why wouldn't you want to keep his commandments? If he loves you that much and he's done so much for you, obviously you'd want to keep his commandments. Don't forget who God is. Don't forget what he's done for you. Look at verse 18 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth and he may establish his covenant which you swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Then it shall be, if by any means you forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day it will surely perish. You shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. As I look at that, I am reminded that remembrance is obedience. Do you know what? We can read through most any book of the Old Testament. You know what happened, don't you? Despite all those warnings, and many more, that we could spend a lot more time reading, despite God begging and pleading, don't forget where you came from, because if you get forget, forget where you came from, it's not going to turn out well. You're not going to get where you want to go. You know what people did, don't you? They forgot. They forgot. They purposely forgot and turned their back on God, God knew they would. God said they were going to in it. Deuteronomy 31:16 through 20. He said they would, and they did. Look with me in the book of Jeremiah. Look in chapter three to begin with. Two passages from Jeremiah. God said, "I know they're going to. They're going to forget. I, I, I know they're going to." Deuteronomy 31:16 through 20. Sure enough, we look in Jeremiah three. Look at verse 20. Surely as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. A voice was heard, verse 21 of Jeremiah 3, a voice was heard on the desolate heights, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel, for they have perverted their way, they have forgotten the Lord their God. Over in chapter 5, we see that they're having forgotten God translated into some terrible things. When people forget God, and there's no fear of God before their eyes, they do terrible things that hurt themselves, in spite of themselves. They did here. Look at Jeremiah 5, beginning at verse 23. Because they had forgotten the Lord, look what happened. But this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They've revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives rain, both the former and the latter in the season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these things away, and your sins have withheld good from you. Among my people have found wicked men. They lie in wait as one who sets snares. They set a trap, they catch men. As the cage is full of birds, so their houses are full of deceit. They have become great and grown rich. They've grown fat, they're sleek. Yes, they surpass the deeds of the wicked. They don't plead the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. The right of the needy they do not defend. Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? An astonishing and tor- terrible thing, horrible thing, has been committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. Priests rule by their own power. My people love to have it so. What do you do when the end comes? You see. When God's people forget God, they forget his power and his strength and his deliverance. They forget his loving kindness and his mercy and his care. When They forget that they were all in sin and and Jesus did for them what nobody else could do. When we forget that, we tend to get arrogant. We tend to not stand up for the righteous things. Makes God angry. And you know, that's a lot of Old Testament. Do you know what's true in the New Testament as well? For example, remember what the Lord told the first century congregation of the Lord's church in Ephesus in Revelation 2 and verse 5? You know what he told them? Turn there if you want, Revelation 2, 5. If I may paraphrase, then we'll read what he actually said. This is it. said that they needed to remember where they came from and how they got started if they wanted to arrive where they were originally headed. What he actually says is, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember where you used to be. Remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I would come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He said, Remember where you came from. What about Revelation 3 3? Congregation in Sardis, first century church of Christ there. What did he say to them? Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Remember where you came from. Brethren, I am sadly convinced today that there are some congregations, some colleges, and some businesses that are associated with the churches of Christ that have forgotten where they came from. They've forgotten who's the Lord. They've forgotten who's the king. They've forgotten what God did for them. Because they're no longer listening to him. But you know what? Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, never for a moment lost sight of where he came from, where he was going, and what he was supposed to be doing in between the two. Jesus never lost sight of where he came from, where he was going, and what he was supposed to be doing in between. When the crowds and the religious leaders didn't have time for people like blind Bartimaeus, the 10 lepers, the woman at the well, the little children, or any of the other downcast, downtrodden, socially unacceptable people, Jesus had time for him, didn't he? Jesus' God-given mission was to seek and save the lost, and he never lost sight of that. And all of us need to remember where we came from if we're ever going to get to where we truly want to go. This is so crucial. We must always remember and never lose sight of the fact And it's so easy. It's so easy after 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years in Christ in the church. Sometimes it's easy to forget because we're with the church and and we know all the blessings and we we sing about the joy and we have lessons on what we've got in Christ. And, And we can come to this point maybe down the road where some days it's easy to forget where we came from. But brethren, every one of us was lost without Jesus Christ. That's where we came from. We were dead in our trespasses and our sins, Ephesians 2, verses 1-3, through 3, and we can never afford to forget that. We can never lose sight of it. the fact that we are all sinners, every last one of us, who will only be saved by the grace of God. We cannot forget from newest convert to the oldest member that we're all on the same team here. We used to be able to fight amongst ourselves for, for the lead and all that and maybe thought we were something. But brethren, that's where we came from. We are not like that anymore. We're all on the same team now. It doesn't matter. Rich, poor, young, old, weak, strong, male, female, big, small it didn't used to be that way before we were Christians. We must never forget, because the moment we forget where we came from, we lose our way and we get lost. Jesus Christ, just a few hours before he was betrayed by one of his own, beaten to a bloody pulp for crimes he did not commit, and crucified on a cross, for you and me, just hours before that. for he died to set us free from the slavery of sin and cause us to die and go to eternal hell just a few hours before that, Jesus gave you and I a memorial. He gave us a memorial to keep until he returns for us a memorial that we cannot afford not to keep because it takes us back to where we were. Because when we lose sight of where we came from, we can forfeit where we wanted to go. That night, Jesus gave us the memorial. Turn with me to Luke 22. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 22. Jesus is within hours of being arrested, beaten, and crucified. And this is what he does. He institutes this memorial. Luke 22, beginning at verse 14, says this. When the hour had come, he sat down with the 12 apostles with him. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus had looked forward to this. Jesus had longed for this. He had, he had this earnest desire to, to sit down with them before his crucifixion. He, he looked forward to this. to eat with them before he suffered. For I say to you, verse 16, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of and he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took bread, and he broke it. He took bread, and he gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I know that probably a lot of us, or it would be my guess that a lot of us, when we gather around this table on the first day of the week and we partake of the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine, that a lot of us think about, and rightfully so, the cross and the pain and and the nails and the blood, and, and I get that, and we should. But do we also stop and think about this passage right here before Jesus, just hours before he went to suffer that, he sat down with his disciples and he said, I have long, I have earnestly desired this moment right here. I've waited for this. To sit down with you before I go through the nails and the blood and the bread, Before and eat this Passover with you. Is Jesus with us when we take the bread and the fruit of the vine? I wanted to do this, I've waited to do this, even in the shadow of the cross. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. He said, this is my memorial. This is the monument, as it were. And our first century brethren, got it Look with me in 1 Corinthians 11. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Look at a a very familiar passage. It's often read before communion in in certain congregations. 1 Corinthians 11, beginning at verse 23. The Apostle Paul to the Church of Christ in 1st century Corinth writes the following. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Paul says, For I delivered from the Lord that which I also delivered, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you 52 times a year, every weekend is Memorial Day weekend for the blood-bought child of God. Because every Lord's Day is Memorial Day to us. It is the day that we come together with this memorial to remember Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Every Sunday is Memorial Day for the Christians. And I believe that one reason we are to celebrate this memorial, to do this in remembrance of him, each first day of the week, the way the early church did according to Acts 20 and verse seven, I believe the reason for that is pretty simple. Jesus wants us always to remember where we came from. What it cost him in blood to set us free from where we came from in sin. And so that we never lose sight of where we ultimately want to wind up. I believe we do this on the first day of the week in accordance with God's word, God's wisdom behind that being also that we need to remember where we came from and where we want to go, and therefore where our love and loyalties and allegiance and obedience must lie no matter what. Jesus in Luke 9 said his face steadfastly for Jerusalem. Nothing was going to get in the way of him going to the cross for us. Nothing. Nothing on earth, nothing below the earth, nothing in the universe was going to stop Jesus Christ from going and dying for us. To shed his blood to set us free, to pay the price. Nothing. He said, here's my memorial to you. But she knew everything in our power celebrate each Memorial Day 52 times a year and gather around this table. It is our mission that we also remember as we gather around the table to learn and grow and become more Christ-like on a daily basis and to share and show and tell everybody we know what an awesome God we have. Peter would write in 2 Peter 1, 8 through 11, according to the English Standard Version, If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. He said you've got to keep studying and growing and learning and appreciating and, and living God's word because if you don't, he says, it's like you've forgotten. You've forgotten you've been cleansed from your former sins. You've forgotten who God is and what he did for you. And when you forget who God is and what he's done for you, you may not make it to where you want to go. But he said if you keep on doing these things, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because while it's true that when one forgets where they came from, they often forfeit where they were going, It's conversely true, as Peter showed us, that if one is constantly mindful of where they came from and and the slavery they came out of, for the price in blood that was paid to free them from that place they were in, if that's ever before them, they're much more likely to make it to where they had originally intended to go. Memorial Day, very important day. Memorial Day, as it is celebrated in this country, is a day truly to pause and remember, to recall, to be grateful for the price that was paid by many in their own blood soldiers that didn't come home so that we could have the freedoms that we take for granted every day. Memorial Day is a very important day. and I'll say this as many times as I have to, I don't mean to belittle that in any way, shape, or form. I do not mean in any way, shape, or form to belittle those sacrifices, I don't. I do not mean any disrespect to our fallen soldiers whatsoever. When I say the following, please, please understand that. But there is a far more important Memorial Day which we are to pause, recall, and reflect, the even greater price, the even greater sacrifice that was made and paid in perfect blood, paid in flawless blood, paid in sinless blood, paid by somebody who had done absolutely nothing wrong his entire life. That sacrifice of him who left the glories of heaven, Philippians chapter 2, left the glories, you know, we think, wow, I wonder what heaven is like. We read where Jesus didn't come right out in plain words and tell us, because I'm not sure we can get our mind around what heaven is like. But Jesus knew what heaven was like. He was there. He left. He came down here to be born in flesh, to be put within the reach of temptation, to die. God had never died. God can't die, but Jesus came to die. And he left all of that behind, knowing how beautiful and glorious it was in ways we can't even imagine, and he didn't even explain to us. He left all of that behind. Come here with his flawless and perfect blood. To pay the ultimate price for you and me to be separated from his Father for the one time and all of eternity. And he left behind a memorial said, I want you to celebrate my sacrifice and remember me each first day of the week. At least that's what we see in Acts 20 and verse 7. Memorial Day for the Savior of Christ is an every Sunday occurrence. It is an occurrence of gratitude. Raise your hand if you're grateful. I wish I had more hands. It is a celebration of gratitude, of reverence, and of adoration. Memorial day first day of the week, the Lord's Day. Sadly, however, despite Christ's sacrifice to set all people free, there are some people who have chosen to remain MIA in the desert of sin. Despite his great love and sacrifice, there are some who have chosen to remain a POW in the camp of Satan. There are perhaps even some that are double agents or AWOL dropouts in their service to the Savior. All kinds. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I do want to ask you this. What about you? Have you ever accepted that sacrifice on your behalf by being baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of our sins? You know, The Bible tells us that's where we contact the blood. That's where we take advantage of the gift. In Acts chapter 2, when they realized that they had crucified the Lord, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what are we going to do? Peter replies in Acts 2.38, and he says, Let each of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's where we contact the blood. That's where forgiveness takes place. Then we come each first day of the week, and we celebrate that blood. Are you somebody who can truly celebrate that blood because you've taken advantage of it? In John 15, 13, Jesus said, greater love is no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends, and that's exactly what he did. He did his part. Then he said this. He said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. That's our part. Part of what he commands us to do is repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins, and not forsake the Savior's Memorial Day celebration each and every first day of the week, amongst other things. You ready this morning to be set free? So you can really rejoice? You'll be baptized into Christ this morning for the forgiveness of your sins. You need a prayer of the church or any way we can help, we're going to sing a song in a moment. But if you've done all those things and you're just rejoicing in the blood this morning, Carry that out of here and go tell somebody about it. Because you was here for Memorial Day, and it'll be here again next week at this time. If you have a need, come to the front as we stand and sing.